Excited for talent talks here today. We got Adam Hobblewitz, talent acquisition leader from Anasha Corporation, eight plus years of talent uh, leadership experience, two billion dollar organization. He's got a lot on his plate. Adam, thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet, Ben. Thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. Well, Adam, let's dive into it. You know, right now our big focus is is talking about all right. Hey, a position just got approved in your organization. How do you get calibrated? How do you get all parties on the same page to effectively go get the right person in the right seat? So Adam, kind of give us how you guys approach it. Sure, sure. Great question here, Ben. And and just a a great topic overall. It's, in my opinion, one of the most critical pieces of the entire recruiting process and uh, gets us really on the right um, page to have a successful process together as a team. Um, I'm just going to start back here with, with kind of my background in regards to the company and, and, and you know, my, my time with the current organization, um, a national corporation. So I've been with the company now for about 16 months. Um, when I arrived, the team was a bit shorthanded, so we had to rebuild a couple members of the team. Uh, we also had to rebuild some of the processes. So um, as we were doing that, uh, we also wanted to compare some of the historical data around uh, what types of roles do we recruit for for our company. Um, we have a couple different business units in our organization, so uh, broke it down by function, but also by by business unit. Um, and you know, once once the team was fully staffed, we sat down as a team and to understand, okay, here are where the typical needs are as an organization, and uh, assigned certain recruiters into uh, different recruitment bucks and buckets. So, uh, you know, one recruiter is working in engineering, maybe one on IT, so on and so forth across the organization. But that's really helped us be able to be more efficient and assign roles immediately when they come in from the business. So now that we're able to assign roles to the recruiters more quickly, um, the recruiter then knows that the the next step in the process is to schedule an intake conversation or a an information gathering session now on that session uh, the hiring leader and the hr partner are both included as well the conversation typically lasts about 30 to 45 minutes Um, and and i always encourage recruiters that if possible let's do this as a face-to-face meeting the reason I say that is not only is it important for us to understand the needs of the role, but it's also an opportunity for us to meet a new leader in the organization, to establish trust and to build rapport. So if the leader isn't local, obviously we're going to have to, you know, use, uh, use Zoom or use a video tool uh, to, to get that done. But that's, that's probably the next best option is, is, is via video if we're not able to do it face to face. I also think it's really important to prepare for this conversation. So uh, as a recruiter, it's great to do some research on the position. So uh, we wanna start to understand some of the terminology that is going to be discussed. If you're unfamiliar with the role, by no means is this an oppor- is, is this research to position you as the expert on the topic, but more so to get you in the right mindset to have the conversation. Um, in addition to that, uh, some of the other things that we like to do uh, is to review the job description as well as do an initial search. So we have a lot of uh, you know, search tools that we have to find candidates. And so uh, we will do an initial search on you know, LinkedIn uh, or something like that and, and print off a couple of profiles and bring those profiles with us to that conversation to run by the hiring leader maybe at the end of the conversation. 
So now actually getting into the conversation, Ben, um, you know, we're, we're certainly going into the conversation to understand the skill sets and the attributes that the hiring leader is looking for, but we also want to clearly understand um, the skills that differentiate the, the really strong candidates from the not so strong candidates. Um, in addition to that, there are many other items that we want to pull from this conversation. One of those is just what's the history of the role? Why is it open? Is, is there you know, constant turnover in this type of position? And if so, we want to understand why. Because we want to be able to explain these items to the candidate just so that they're aware and we're transparent about those types of situations. We also want to understand the scope of the role. You know, what does a normal day look like? Um, clearly understand uh, the future career path for this position. What are some projects this person might be involved with uh, when, when they come into this role? I think the projects uh, question is, is, is an important one because we also want the person, we also want to be able to explain to the candidate what's in it for them. What skills are they going to learn through this, through this role? Um, I also want to understand the culture for the location uh, and, and, the, and the leader's leadership style as well. So that's kind of that information gathering piece that, that we tackle in the intake conversation. But once that's complete, we shift towards budget. So pay expectations for the role. Uh, obviously our HR business partner is there so we can have that open conversation. Um, and, and then we, we switch over to uh, discussing the recruiting strategy. We want the hiring leader to, to understand where the roles are going to be, where the system is going to be posted, so what job boards. Um, we want to understand how involved the hiring leader is on some of those job boards, such as LinkedIn. Are they involved in any specialty groups that we could post a job in? Are they involved in any special? organizations like SHRM, for example, the, the hiring leader and the tools that we have available to us to go out and find talent. Um, the last thing I'll say on this topic here, Ben, is um, expectations for communication. In my opinion, um, you know, this is a really, really important piece of this intake discussion. Um, timely and effective communication, as well as high say-do ratio around follow-up, um, is what's going to keep a leader engaged and confident in the search. We all know that recruiting is very challenging and uh, you know, there, there are different ways that recruiters are going about being creative and, and new ways to go find talent. But the simple fact is that some searches are going to take longer than others. And if we can keep a hiring leader informed as to what we're doing and follow up when we say we're going to follow up, it keeps them more patient and keeps them engaged in the process. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I really like um, kind of the step-by-step -step approach that you're doing it, plus all the things that you're incorporating into the intake call to get a big picture view of not only the, the person you're trying to recruit, but how you're going to go about it and how it aligns with your comp um, scenario. Now, you've been doing this for a while um, and you've built this process off of experience, I'm imagining, right? So you've seen things that worked and haven't worked in the past. Um, why have you built a few of these things? What, what have been kind of the, the, the horror stories that you said, yep, this is a necessity to, to include? Yeah, I think, you know, every recruiter has kind of learned from their mistakes. And, and I, I love, you know, going back, you know, whenever I talk about recruiting and these processes, um, although what we've built what we've built, right, uh, each 
each different recruit, each different role may play out differently than the next. And so we've got to be adaptable, but there are some, some challenges that do happen if we're not aligned from the get-go. Um, one of the things I didn't mention is that I think it's really important that you know, the recruiter prepare for this intake conversation. I think it's equally important for the hiring leader to prepare for it. A lot of times you'll get into an intake conversation and the leader um, doesn't know what to expect in that conversation. And uh, so what we like to do is send an email to a hiring leader. If we don't know that leader prior to the intake conversation, it's an introduction and an explanation with a three or four bullet point points of, of questions to, for them to start thinking about, to, to them to start you know, challenging them to think um, strategically about the role that they have an opportunity to, to solve for on their team. So that's one area, uh, you know, a, a gap that you could run into if the leader's just unprepared going into that conversation. Um, I, I think another um, area is just the, the leader's prepared, but, but just really not certain about what they're looking for or, or what we're going to find in the market. So uh, they may not be able to answer some of the, you know, the skills questions real directly because maybe they're uncertain about what's out there or uh, maybe you know, they're, they're open to, you know, you know different skill sets, um, you know, depending on, um, you know, what we can find out there from, from a recruiting standpoint. The last thing I'll say, and, and just the, some of the challenges of this conversation, Ben, is in regards to, uh, you know, the, the flip side of my second point there is if, if, if leaders are looking for really niche skill sets. Uh, in that situation, We'll have to really go out there as a recruiter, understand the market, bring the data back to the to the leader in regards to supply and demand. Uh, so oftentimes, those niche skill sets are going to cost more than than some of the uh, more easy to find skill sets, if you will. And so, we'll have to have that conversation and continue to educate the hiring leader as well. Do you, in that regard, do you um, do you lead that kickoff call at any point and say we're going to do the next two weeks is going to be a research phase? Um, based on the niche information you provided, like do, they, do you set a time frame on what the next two weeks look like so they're not expecting candidates ready to be interviewed? Or tell me, tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. So as I leave the conversation, I'm always setting that expectation as to when they'll hear from me next. And uh, for all searches, I'm going to say, hey, it's going to be a week and a half to two weeks before you hear from me. The reason being it takes a while for candidates to generate through job postings, but I'm also going to be aggressive using the tools that we have to go out and find passive talent. And that takes some time for them to reply to my messages and for me to really ensure that they're engaged and interested in the opportunity we have available. At that same time, then we are obviously assessing the market. We're trying to figure out what is the true supply out there um, and, and, and bringing some of that data back. If you know, we can have the two weeks when we're supposed to meet. We don't have any candidates. We, we better know what the market is, is telling us. Yeah. No, that's really good. I think every, not, every search is not created equal in recruiting, right? Um, and so I, I think it's great to have a calibration process that you're doing, but then there has to be some um, differences in approach, recruiting strategy, data, and, you know, analytics for each role. Um, Adam, let's finish with just one other um, pitfall, like, hey, for someone that's a newer talent manager building a game plan, what's something to avoid that, that you learned in the past? Is this in structure, structuring of the initial process? 
You know, I would just say that, I don't know if this is a pitfall, but more so before you can establish a structure for talent acquisition, you need to learn your business and understand your business. For example, our organization in both of our companies, Menasha Packaging and Orbis Corporation, we have both manufacturing facilities and service facilities. Obviously in the manufacturing facilities, we are making product. And in the service facilities, we are, for lack of a better description, moving product for our customers. And so the skill sets in those two organizations, although we can call a production supervisor the same title, the skill sets are truly different. So when you're building a recruitment strategy, you have to be cognizant of that. So on the front end of that, you really need to take the time to meet the business leaders, to go on plant tours, and just learn your business overall. No, that's, that's really good. I think, and, and I think even some of your strategy may be different in each plant, right? So you, you have to know the market you're dealing with, the, the skill sets there. So I think that's really good insight. Um, it's not a one-stop fits-all kind of plan when you're looking at an organization of your size um, for every spot. So, well, hey, Adam, we really, really good insight. Really like the organization, how you're bringing things to the table. So uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Ben.